Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is January the 30th, 2024. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, let's see. I got. I, I can't lie. I, I, I'm kind of coming in hot. I was like plagued with like a bunch of tech issues uh, with my Wi-Fi, and that was bugging me, bothering me. Uh, had steam coming out of my ears. But um, overall, you know, taking stock in my day now, I feel like it's been good. Uh, which you know, we love to see that. Um, sick watch. I am still, you know, with the sniffles. Still a stuffy doll. But, um, you know, we're hanging in there, hanging tough. Uh, Work went really well. Uh, Let's see here. Food corner. I I tried to make my Mexican beef and rice bowl situation, but I don't know if it was just like just the fog, like, you know, when you're sick or if I'm just I'm just having a dumb month. I, I don't know. But I, I, I get, like, halfway through cooking, towards the end, actually, and I just realize, like, I don't have any rice on. What 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 am I doing? So I had an immediately audible. Um, more or less, we just had um, tacos with uh, spicy chicken noodle soup and uh, some tortilla chips. So, yeah. And then the weird thing I did, I don't know why I was, like, so on this and not on cooking the goddamn rice. Um, I uh, had, once again, some fish sticks, and I had some, like, little of the calamari rings left over, and I put them in the fucking meat slurry that I made. So, I mean, that all happened. That was edible. We got through it. Um, I just felt so dumb, you know? So I'm hoping I don't fuck up to the meal tonight. But we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, let me see here. A bonus food corner, though, and I'm gonna be, you know, letting you peel behind the curtain into how I am as a day-to-day individual. I was on break, and one of my good, good friends that I work with, they had some leftovers. I believe they were from First Watch, and they were ready to throw them out. Like, it was just, like, kind of scrap, but I know this person. I know them. Like, they they just finish their food early, and they're always gonna give it to me if I just ask, or maybe they'll even prompt it for me, because they just, they want to see me happy, and they just want to get rid of their food. It's a win-win, right? And sure enough, that's what happened. So, I loved it. It was, like, some kind of uh, omelet with, like, some avocado on the side and some potatoes, um, like some shredded potatoes. So, I tore that up. So, I mean, there, there, there's a little bit of a window into me and my soul. I am pretty much just a catfish. I don't mean like a, oh, you're actually ugly. I thought you were like a, like a model. Like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm like a bottom feeder. Like I will eat peanut butter off of some toes. Like I don't, I don't care. All right. That's just the kind of guy I am. Um, so yeah, (laughs) there's that. Um, I feel like we're all caught up with my Joneses. So let me go ahead and do my startup and then we'll get into some news. Uh, thank you for letting me grumble. I, I needed that. I, I needed it. I'm, I'm, I get so upset with technology, and it turns me into, like, a caveman, and I'm just, ooga, ooga, chaga. I get so upset. Mm. Okay. From Al Jazeera. Israeli forces kill three Palestinians in West Bank hospital raid. 
<coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. <coughs> Israeli forces disguised as medical staff and civilian civilians have shot shot dead three Palestinians inside a hospital in the city of Jenin and the occupied West Bank. The killings were carried out by undercover operatives while the men were sleeping at Ibn Sina Hospital, according to the statements issued by the Palestinian Ministry of Health. This morning, three young men were martyred by the bullets of the occupation. Israeli forces who stormed the Ibn Sina Hospital in Janine and shot them, the Ministry of Health in Ramallah said. Um, Israeli, the Israeli army said its troops had neutralized the men who were hiding in the hospital and belonged to a Hamas terrorist cell. Now, I know that they have um, identified one of the men as uh, Mohammed J- uh, Jamalanith, uh, who was 27 years old. Um, Hamas did identify him as part of um, the Janine Brigade, which is like a subsect in like, you know, the um, like Hamas forces or whatever. Um, and then the two other men who were killed, which I haven't actually heard any like solid verification outside of, once again, what Israel has said is uh, brothers Basil and Mohammed uh, Ga- Gazawi. Um, and they they were um, said that they were hiding in attacks and um, more or less involved um, in military action with Hamas. And so they Israel felt justified to do this kind of operation. Um, now, I'm not sure if it was men and women. And I, I, I say this just because the the operatives, the IDF operatives were dressed as Arab civilians, Palestinian civilians. And like some were dressed as women. And I'm not sure if they were women by just the, the camera angles I've seen. I'm seeing here. I'm not sure. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, essentially they came in as like just casual civilians and or doctors and staff, except they had fucking guns and they come through and they just shoot people in the middle of the night while they're sleeping. Not to mention, not just shooting people in the middle of the night while they're sleeping. Um, one of the men was injured and in bed when he was killed, said the Palestinian armed group. So it's not like they could even have fought back. You could have arrested these people. Like that is a common trend or trope, whatever, where you arrest people, detain them, interrogate them, do God knows what, get whatever information or, or confession you want. And then you, you know, throw them in jail. That's usually what, what can happen here. But essentially, you know, in these kind of times, the IDF just literally has a license to kill and they just James Bond their way through this fucking thing or should I say Miss Doubtfire? I don't fucking know. But, you know, here we are. We have three dead people killed in their sleep in a hospital. Um, one of the pictures that I didn't post for the thumbnail was literally a doctor holding a bloody pillow over a hospital bed where one of the men was killed. Like, you just executed these people. Just jury, like, no, just all execution. Like, it, it, it's crazy that this is just an everyday kind of thing now. Um, I mean, and I shouldn't be surprised. I literally did cover this when we, when you know they said, "Hey, we're pulling out troops, but we are going to switch to a more surgical style of assault now." And essentially, that is what the IDF is doing now. I don't think it's any more humane. This still feels like a goddamn war crime to me. Now. Israel throughout this has said, no, we are not committing a war crime here because Hamas is in 
these hospitals. They're in these these civilian structures. These are refugee camps. So what are we to do? It doesn't matter. We we have carte blanche to do what we want. But could you imagine? I, I, I always bring this up when we talk about these kind of subjects. Could you imagine being a fucking patient? You've been bombed. You've lost. You've, you've been injured in some way. You've probably lost a limb. Some kind of fucking sh- fucked up shit. And now there's motherfuckers with guns in your face. And they can just blow you away. And then guess what? Your memory is going to be, oh, that was a Hamas person. And confirmed, unconfirmed, doesn't matter. That's just what's going to be your fucking legacy, your story. That's insane to me. Like, th- there's no justice. There's no law here. This is just raw revenge. And you just see the shit played out day in, day out. Um, and sadly, there's really nothing so much on the ceasefire front. I know in Paris, um, I think Israel, Qatar, um like, you know, some groups more or less met up in Paris to, you know, try to talk things out. But I mean, those conversations are still ongoing, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't heard anything out of it in terms of any kind of ceasefire, whether it be a permanent, whether it be two months, you know, nothing yet. So it it just seems like, you know, the IDF is just like, look, we're here and we're going to keep thumping, keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep, quote unquote, eliminating Hamas, you know, and it's just sad to just see people just dying day after day after day. Um, you know, in more or less in my in mass, it's 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 so fucked up. Um, there's really not much else for me to pull from here. Um, obviously, feel free to read and and bone up yourself. Um, but yeah, let me move on. Uh, this is a bit of an update on Pakistan. Uh, also from Al Jazeera. Pakistan ex-Prime Minister Imran Khan sentenced to 10 years in jail in state secrets case. A Pakistan court has sentenced former Prime Minister Imran Khan and his close aide, former uh, Foreign Minister Salah Mahmood Qureshi, to 10 years in jail in a case related to the leaking of state secrets. Now, I believe he's already in jail for, like, three years on, like, other fucking charges. So, he was already penned. You know, the the Game of Thrones has more or less ended for Khan, you know, already. But, uh, I mean, obviously, 10 years is, you know, nothing to fucking, you know, laugh at, for sure. Um, the special court set up in a prison in Rawalpindi on Tuesday announced the sentence in the so-called Cypher case, which pertains to a diplomatic cable that... Khan claims proves his allegation that his removal from power in 2022 was a conspiracy. And a quick little summary catch up for that. Essentially, Imran Khan came out and said, hey, um, you know, the government has betrayed me, has betrayed the people, and they have betrayed us over foreign interests. And he alludes to this big, like this piece of paper that he's swinging around he doesn't show anyone what's on this piece of paper, but he alludes that, like, once again, foreign interests, and he talks about America a lot, saying that, hey, you guys got to get rid of Imran Khan. It's not about what the people want. We don't care. Make sure this man disappears. And essentially, this guy now has entered the ring because he does not want to lose his power. A guy who was more or less propped up by, you know, Pakistan's military. They said, yeah, this is our guy. He's cool. He's a cricket celebrity. He plays well. You know, he appeals to the people is what I'm saying here. So he's perfect. Fine. But essentially, he kind of got dropped. And he knew that. And I think this is his real politique. This was his fucking final play. And, I mean, he's been fighting. There's been protests by his uh, PTI party, like supporters, things like that. But, I mean, it really does look like we're kind of in the garbage time 
um, at this point. Um, and, I, and I've said this before, where I, I do find this whole situation very vexing as a person just kind of walking into it as of like, you know, a year or so ago. Um, to just be like, what is going on here? And, and like, I really, because like, when I was like, you know, before I went on, I really do feel like the Game of Thrones kind of title here just really fe- like fits where it's just like, hey man, you had this power, you were chosen by, you know, the, the military and, you know, it kind of all formed around you, it worked, but now you lost that glow and you, you just wanted to keep it, you wanted to hold on to the reins, but like, you know, at the end of the day, maybe the people are with you. I don't fucking know. It it, it does kind of get confusing here because I I remember kind of in the lead up talking about this kind of stuff, feeling like, yo, Imran Khan is not a persecuted person. Like at the end of the day, he did not, I feel like he did not lead this country. He did not lead Pakistan to a better place. Like maybe he was stifled by other things, you know, it, it takes a village, whatever. But at the end of the day, I don't know if this was the best man for the job. And, you know, but at the same time, he's like, no, I was chosen by the people. I'm the people's, you know, person. Like, you guys can't get rid of me like this. But, I mean, apparently, yes, the fuck that can. Um, so, you know, that being said, do I think that the government's clean on this? Do I think the military's clean on this? No, I think they've kind of gone about ways of suppressing Imran Khan that I think are kind of unconstitutional um, or un- unlawful, whatever. Um, but that being said, they're the government, you know what I mean? When you're going up against the nation state, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? They're going to do what they're going to do. So, you know, and I think I'd feel a little bit more sympathetic if I felt differently about Imran, Imran Khan's, like, you know, actual stewardship. If I felt like it was actually like, no, this is a good guy, he led really well, this is a sham job. I would want to cover it that way, you know what I mean? I feel like long-time listeners know me. Um, I just didn't, I, I've not gotten that throughout my whole coverage of this, but at the same time, like I said, I just don't, I don't fuck with the government on this one, that's for sure, um, I usually don't, but you know what I mean, um, it's crazy how it just feels like there's no good guy in this conversation at all, but, um, you know, here we are just kind of talking about it when it comes up, um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see, I, I'm sure there's more, um, either convictions or trials down the road, um, you know, I'm sure this conversation isn't over, um, but yeah, I think we can, uh, move on from there, call that covered, close enough, at least in the, uh, Isaiah fashion, <laughs> um, all right, our next story comes from an obscure news outlet, but I heard this while I was listening to the BBC News today, and I, I, just, gosh, there's so many, like, body harvesting stories, so many fucking, like, ugh, so fucked, I used to think this was something that was just so old hat, old history shit, like, back in the day, there were body harvesters, and they would sell their, you know, the fucking cadavers to medical students, so they could learn anatomy, and, you know, they'd make a fucking pretty penny, and, you know, maybe they'd wind up in the stocks, or, you know, but no, this is today, this is modern era fucking shit, it blows my mind, um, but yeah, I got this from Barron's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, from AFP News, Spain police bust alleged, alleged corpse selling racket. Spanish police on Monday said they had busted the owners of a funeral parlor in Valencia for allegedly selling dead bodies to university research departments for 1200 euros per corpse. The four suspects, two owners and two employees, also helped the universities dispose of the bodies 
after they had been studied by incinerating them or disposing of their dismembered parts in other coffins slated for cremation. So obviously that's fucked up. You know, you think you're burying a fucking family member and it turns out it's just a fucking like compost body made up and who knows, man, just real macabre fucking shit. Uh, The suspects falsified documentation to get bodies from hospitals and retirement homes in order to later sell them to universities for research for 1200 or for 1200 euros or $1,300 per corpse, uh, a police statement said. The suspects had sold at least 11 bodies. Um, in some cases, they even billed the universities for cremations, which never happened. They billed one university 5,040 euros for incinerating 11 bodies after being studied, which were not accounted for in the invoices of any of the crematoriums in the city. Police began investigating in early 2023 after discovering that two funeral parlors employees had taken a body from a hospital morgue using false documents and brought it to university researchers rather than burying it. Um, Then in another case, the suspects allegedly managed to persuade an elderly man with impaired mental faculties to agree to donate his body uh, to science, which is obviously very, very fucked up. Um, like, you motherfuckers are already making fucking money here, and you're like, no, 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 this is fucking easy right here. Let's just get this guy. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, this is fucking monstrous fucking shit, and um, I heard it, and I couldn't find it on any main thing. I guess it was on the AFP, but um, yeah, it just wasn't coming up in my Google searches, but I did find it from Barron's. So there you go. Um, all right, I have one more thing to cover, and then I'll let you go. Actually, let me take a pre-sip of water. Oh, whew. There's that. And I'm going to take my break. <sighs> I find that my cold, the congestion, is always the worst at night. Like, as I get closer to my bedtime, it's just like, <laughs> can't breathe, can't talk, can't do anything. Um, and then the morning it's really gunky. And then like, you know, as we get towards the like middle of the day, I like almost clear up. So it's a circle of life, if you will. Okay. Ooh. Excuse me. From The Verge. Amazon abandons $1.4 billion deal to buy Roomba maker iRobot. Um, Sadly, this is not about the Will Smith classic iRobot. It is about a Roomba. But hey, whatever. Um, Amazon's deal to buy Roomba maker iRobot is off. The companies announced Tuesday, or to now, announced today. Um, they announced it probably what Monday, I guess, when I found this. Whatever. Um, after iRobot said the deal had no path to regulatory approval in the European Union, iRobot is also announcing that it's laying off around 350 employees 
or around 31% of its workforce. As part of a restructuring, it expects to notify the majority of affected employees by the end of March. So that's like two bad blows, like, which kind of, I feel like, you know, how I'm interpreting it, really iRobot was really leaning on this deal to come through because they were kind of maybe on their last leg and they're like, look, we either get fucking curbied up, we either get absorbed by Amazon or we're gonna we're gonna fail. We're not gonna make it, um, which is crazy because I mean, iRobot was like a big deal, like um, at least in terms of Roomba being a big deal. I I remember that was like a really big craze. Um, it's like, hey, now we don't even really need a vacuum anymore. We got a little Roomba. It'll just zoop, 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 and, you know, it doesn't have any problems or issues. Um, you know. It has a little bit of issues, and you still actually have to, like, you know, bust out the vacuum and really get in there. But, you know, it was a cute little novelty. I feel like it really hasn't stood the test of time. I feel like I don't really see many Roombas anymore, or it's not really talked about as much. But, you know, I definitely still remember it. Um, but let me read a little bit more. As part of the announcement, iRobot chair and CEO Colin Engel, who co-founded the company in 1990... Uh, is stepping down from both roles. iRobot's current executive vice president and chief legal officer, Glenn Weinstein, will serve as interim CEO, and Andrew Miller, formerly lead independent director of the board, will become chair as part of restructuring. iRobot is pausing its work on devices outside of its core floor cleaning product lineup, like, oh, excuse me, um, like air purifiers and lawnmowers and closing office facilities and facilities uh, or closing offices and facilities in smaller underperforming geog- geographies. Uh, the collapse of the deal means Amazon will pay $94 million in a termination fee to iRobot, which will largely be used to pay off a $200 million loan it took out last year. As part of today's announcement, iRobots published its preliminary fourth quarter results for 2023 and said it expects to report a GAAP operating loss of between $265 and $285 million. So, ooh, that's pretty rough. But yeah, I mean, essentially, EU was like, no, we don't like this fucking deal. We think that this is going to stifle competition between uh, robot vacuum cleaners, um, which I didn't know that. I mean, I guess it's more than one Roomba now. You know what I mean? Um, And they're saying, no, if you go to Amazon, it's just going to be like lights out for everybody else, which is probably true. I just like I said before reading this, I would not have thought it was a competitive fucking market to begin with. I thought there was just Roomba. Um, and like I said, I don't even think people are really even using or talking Roombas anymore, but Hey, I mean, EU said, no, this is stinky. We don't like it. And, um, no, thank you. And, you know, once again, I think this kind of folded the company more or less. And they kind of had to say, Hey, we got to do some restructuring, some reconfiguring because this does not work as it stands. Um, so yeah, we'll call that a summary. We'll call that the episode. Um, if you'd like to help out and support the effort, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com, so this is a news. You become a newsie today. I usually shout you out at the top of the month. Plug your name, plug a project if you like. Uh, feel free to hit me up, um, email-wise, isaiahnews1 at gmail.com, and then I'm on all the socials you're probably on. Feel free to hit me up or the podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube. Helps out a ton. 
all the thumbs up, all the cool comments, any review on any of the listening apps you're on means and, and does the world for me. Sure. We'll say it that way. And uh, yeah, that's the episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for being a friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.